sometimes I don't like the fact that time flies sometimes. I think it goes fast. And, but boy, you know, one good thing about it flying by, it's always close to Sunday. And it's good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. I mean, I look up sometimes, I'm like, wow, it's Friday. It's almost Sunday. But boy, when you get here, mm, boy, ain't no place like this. I'm telling you. Love this church. Hey, this morning on the back of your bulletin, uh, titled the message is Myths of the Altar. And there are myths about the altar. Uh, and I hope today to debunk some of these myths that are out there. You know, this, this place, as we've gathered here, there's, you know, 500 or so people. And, and, and what I want you to understand is we come from a lot of different backgrounds, a lot of different uh, churches, a lot of different traditions and religions and all kind of things like that. And we've come together as the church to do church. And when you gather people like that, the altar uh, looks and feels different depending on how you grew up. And for me, I was a good old Baptist boy that grew up at First Baptist Church in Athens. And about the only thing that came to the altar was the janitor lady that vacuumed it. Sorry, that's just the truth. I, 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 when I graduated from high school, I left, and I'm telling you, I, I just don't remember a lot of people at the altar. I, I, that sweet little lady that vacuumed on Wednesday, she's awesome, but that's about the only person that ever touched it. And, 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 and I'm not sure that's exactly what God intended for the altar. I'm just not sure. As I read Scripture, it's sure not. And so I want to kind of walk us through some different things about the altar and why we do what we do as a church, uh, because I really, this church is different, I believe, and I'm a different pastor because I don't want to come and do religious things. I want to teach the Word, and I want you to better understand church and how to have church, because having church is just flat-out fun. That's just the truth. And uh, we have fun here. So I want to kind of walk you through some things. Now, first of all, what I want to start with is we start every service the last year or two when we say, Michael, my associate pastor, will come up and say, I want to call the men of the church to the altar as we begin worship. Now, we do that for several reasons. Number one, we want the enemy, the punk, the devil, to know what turf he's on, and he ain't got a place here. We've come for battle, we've come for purpose, we've come for reason, and we're, we're about to lay claim on this turf that this is holy ground, and he's not invited. And that's why we do that. Secondly, I, I do that to stimulate what the Bible says men leading should look like. Now, men, I'm, I'm speaking for me and you, we do really good with hunting and sports leading. We don't always lead well at church. And I want you to know something. This church is blessed with some great men, okay? And they're leading, okay? And what we do is we want to encourage our men to, to come to the altar, to bow down, to, to, to call the church to have church, to lay claim on the turf, but also to lead. A man that will come to the altar is a man that's leading, not just at church, but we hope at home. 
We want every man in the church to come down here. You say, well, this altar's not big enough. Trust me, it, we'll just fill up the aisle if we need to, okay? But we want that. I want that to see that happen. I do not call the men of the church to the altar to belittle the ladies of the church, okay? But ladies, I think you would agree, it's pretty sweet to see your husband down here. It's pretty sweet. It's going to be pretty sweet one day when your son does what dad did at the altar as well. And I think men leading is good. Here's what, there's some, but, I, need to, I need to say some things. There's some, there's some, I guess, debunk some things about men of the church. There, there is, when we call the men of the church, you'll hear people say, what, what does men of the church mean? What is that? Who is the men of the church? Well, here's what they are not. It's not just elders, okay? We have seven elders, and it's not just for elders, okay? We have 15 deacons. It's not just for deacons. Okay, and it's not just for guys who have lunch with Jeff. Okay, I eat a lot of lunches with a lot of guys that you, you don't have to fit in those categories. Let me tell you who's invited to the altar as men of the church. Help us with that, Jared. There you go. <laughs> There's your invitation. If you partake of that room... And that's, that's a, you're a frequent visitor of that room. You have, you're invited to come as men of the church. I'll leave that up to you, but know the invitation's out there for all of you, okay? We're, it's not favoritism here. If that's, your, if that's your place of business, then this is your place of business. Amen? The altar is your friend, so you've been invited. So next Sunday, men of the church... I welcome you to the altar, okay? And so, I know not every pastor would do that, but I'm not every pastor. So, men of the church, you've been invited to the altar, and, and it's, I mean, you take, bring your sons if you want to, but that's who comes. I think it's a beautiful time. I think it's a gorgeous way to start worship. It's a gorgeous way to start worship. And so, first, I, I just wanted to kind of set that out there because that's out there, and some people don't understand what men of the church mean, and when we call men of the church, but understand it's men of the church, okay? I want you to turn your Bible to Genesis chapter 22. Genesis chapter 22. This is a story of Abraham and Isaac, okay? And I want to talk a little bit about this, and then I want to kind of go into what some other altar myths are out there, and I want to debunk some of these. Now, I want to set this up because I'm not going to read it all, but, but this story is God's call to Abraham to sacrifice his son, his only son, Isaac, at the altar. You said, that's a terrible God, that's a bad God. Don't, don't jump God under the bus quite yet, okay? So, this is what God had called Abraham to take wood Go up to the mountain of Moriah, build an altar, and sacrifice Isaac, his only son. When they get there, they, 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 they start making their way up to the mountain, and, and Isaac is carrying the wood in which they're going to build the fire. Isaac turns to Abraham and says, Dad, I don't know where that the, the sacrifice is. I don't know where the, the lamb is or the, the ram or anything, the sheep. Where's the sacrifice? And he says, son, just the Lord will provide. Now, I don't know at that point if Isaac's like, there's you and there's me 
and I'm carrying the wood, and I can't find the sacrificial animal quite yet. I don't know if he gets nervous. I think I'd be getting a little nervous at this point, okay, unless I hear a little meh coming out of the woods, okay. But that's all they got, okay. And so I want to pick up in verse 12. Abraham built the altar, put the wood up there, and has laid Isaac um, up on it. Pick up in 12. He says, do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not, do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Foreshadowing if you know that. 13 says this, Abraham looked up in the thicket and saw a ram caught by his horns. He went over, took the ram, and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the place the Lord will provide. And to this day, it is said that on the mountain, the Lord will be your provider. The angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven a second time and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you. And make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky, and stand in the seashores. And the descendants will take possessions of the cities and their, of their enemies. And through their offsprings, all nations on the earth will be blessed, because you have obeyed me. Now I want you to see something about this scripture, and as we jump into this altar stuff. In no way was God's intent for Abraham to kill Isaac. But I want you to see something. God has never and cannot do anything in people who aren't truly his. When you are absolutely 110% sold out, committed, and absolutely no holdout. I mean, you're not holding back anything. When you absolutely fall on the altar of God and say, God, do with me, in me, and through me whatever you wish for your glory. He is going to wear you out. But God can't do that in man or women if they're not totally sacrificed to him. If you say, God, I'll do this when I, I'll do this when, if this makes sense, I'll do it. When, when it fits my schedule, I'll do it. When my kids get older, I'll do this. If I make this much money, I would tithe like that. He says, God, whatever you want now. Whatever you want now. I want you to see something. Abraham was obedient. I mean obedient. On the other side of obedience, you hear me say it all the time. On the other side of obedience is always blessing. Look what he says to Abraham. Your descendants will be great, and I will bless them. You want to bless your family? You want to bless your children and your grandchildren and your grandchildren and your grandchildren? Obey God. Obey God. Say yes to whatever God says to you. You say, well, Jeff, it doesn't make sense. It's hard. (laughs) It ain't any harder than having your son carry the wood that the altar that he's going to get laid on. 
It's not any harder than God sending his only son to die in your place for you. It's not any harder than that. See, some of us are kind of caught right now because we know what God's asking us to do, but the timing's not right. The conditions aren't right. It doesn't make sense in our big plan. It doesn't make sense in man's eyes. It doesn't make sense in the world's eyes. It doesn't add up on paper. Let me say something to you. Never will. Never will. Never will. You've got to be willing to go when God says go. You've got to be willing to step when God says step. You've got to be willing to say yes when God says come. Because when you do that, you will be blessed. And all those behind you will be blessed. Every time. He says, I know you're obedient. Did what God said. Secondly, he said, I know that you fear God. Proverbs says the fear of God is the what? Beginning of wisdom. You want to be a wise man, a wise woman? Obey God. Obey God. See, when you're willing to lay it all down, when you absolutely surrender, surrender, when you hold nothing back, when you give everything up, when you lay it all down, when you surrender everything, you say, not my will, but thy will be done, God will do great things. But as long as you are stingy, then God will not open up heaven. And he shouldn't have to. Okay? If you will understand that the altar of God is a safe, safe place. See, my friends, I've been in church where God has spoken, and I know that if I, I knew I was supposed to come forward and lay some stuff at the altar, and I didn't move because I told myself, I don't have to go up there to do that. And that's right. But I can tell you something. What I was supposed to lay down, I really never laid it down. I carried it out with me. And I went right back to my original world, doing my real thing every day. Let me say something to you. About a year later, that same voice came from the same God. He says, Jeff, this is what I want you to do. I want you to go up to the altar and when you lay it down. And this time, I don't want you to walk out of church with it. And so I made myself out of that aisle and I came all the way down and I knelt right there and I laid it down. And I got up and walked out. And I'm going to tell you something. That church in Marshall, Texas is called Emmanuel Baptist Church. And at the altar of Emmanuel Baptist Church is still that thing that Jeff Ponder laid down. Still there. I never carried it again. You see, there's something about coming to the altar and laying it down. See, God could have taught that lesson to Abraham anywhere he wanted to because he's God. That's what some of us think. But there's a reason that they went on that hike up that mountain. There's a reason his son carried that wood. There's a reason he laid him up there. It was a test to see, am I really your God, and do you really trust me? Do you really know I'll provide for you? Will you willing to give everything up, even your son, for me? Jesus said, unless you hate your mother and your father and your family, you can't follow me. He doesn't want you to hate your mother and father. He says, I don't want you to love anything more than me. You love anything more than me, I don't have you. When God's got a man or a woman's heart, he's got the whole man or woman. When he's got his foot, 
He ain't got nothing but his leg. And some of us are only giving God his foot, your foot. God, you can have my arm, but I don't, not this whole thing. I can't do this whole thing. Just have a little bit of me. I'm sorry that my arm did not die on Calvary for you. My whole body died on Calvary for you. And when you give me all of you, you'll get all of me. And I'll do great things to you. You won't even be able to speak of the number of things I'll do. They're outnumbered the stars in the sky, we told Abraham. You want to bless yourself and bless your family and bless your children and the children to come? Learn to be a man or woman who obeys God. Not when it makes sense, when you hear God's voice. As we look at invitation, invitation is a time at the end of the service when a pastor will give an invitation for us as the church to respond to what God has said. It's God's invitation, not the pastor. Pastors can give invitations, but it's really, they're just a a conduit of God. God is saying, give the invitation and my people will respond. He invited Abraham to build an altar and sacrifice his son. Why? Because he wanted to see if he was truly surrendered to him. We go into invitation time and we give invitation and we see people move. Now, I want to debunk some things about invitation and about the altar. Many times, if you grew up like me, the only time people came forward in church doing invitation was to get saved and to join the church. How many of y'all have ever been in those churches? The only time that you come forward in church is if you want to get saved or you want to, get, you want to join the church. So after you get saved and after you join the church, woohoo! I don't need no more invitations. You know what invitation is now? Hmm. Let's see what the score is. Hmm. Well, how much is the wind blowing? Because I might be able to get some golf in after this. Oh, I've already been saved, so I don't need an invitation. Oh, what are we going to eat at, honey? Where do you want to eat lunch? Sweetheart, it's invitation time. I know I'm already saved. Well, honey, it's, we'll have an invitation. I know what we joined already, baby. We're good. We're good. Listen to me. Invitation is not just for people to get saved and for people to join the church. Okay? And some people say, well, if I come up to the front of the church for other, any other reason than, than to get saved or to join the church, then what I'm saying is I, I'm a mess. I got problems. All right, y'all need to look around at each other and say, you're a mess and you got problems. <laughs> y'all just do that because y'all, y'all are a mess over here and y'all got problems. And y'all are a mess over here and y'all got problems too. And y'all are a mess, y'all got problems. And you yellow shirts, Lord knows y'all got homework, y'all grades are a mess. I already know that, okay? All right? Hey, this whole church is full of people that are a mess and they have problems. And if you think that coming up here is going to testify to the church that you got problems, trust me. When you walked in, I already knew that. Because when you're a mess, you need to come to church. Because that's the only place you're going to get right and get healed. They went to Jesus when they were a mess. Man in leprosy came to Jesus. He was healed. Listen to me. Debunk something if you grew up religious. That invitation is not just for salvation and for joining the church. We have couples that stand up here. We used to have two. We're going to have three from now on. I used to stand right there. I will no longer occupy that position. You say, what? Listen to me. 
you can get saved without talking to me. You can join the church without talking to me. There are other people that can pray over you just as good or better than I can pray over you. All right? You say, well, Jeff, we don't want you to burn out, and we don't want to kill you at the church. Okay. Well, I'm going to start handing some stuff off so that I don't burn, all, burn out and, 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 and wear out as your pastor. Listen to me. My job as a pastor is to equip the church to be the church and do church. So there are people up here that have gifts. They are gifted by the same Holy Spirit that redeemed my life and set me free and called me the pastor. These people have the same Holy Spirit living in them, same Holy Spirit living in you. They're up here for a reason. They're up here because they have a gift. They have a talent. God has done a work in them. They are a mature believer, spirit-filled, born-again child of the king who wants to use their spiritual gifts to minister in his spirit. They're not up here to look at you, and they're not up here for you to look at them, okay? They're up here to be agents of, of, of a vessel that God can use and touch lives. Michael Carter is my associate pastor. Michael is going to stand in my spot every time. You say, well, why are you doing that? You don't like us anymore? You don't want to touch us? You don't want to pray with us? I love you, okay? But there's only one Jeff for 500 or 600 people. You can't cut me up that many places in that many ways, okay? Listen to me. It's okay because you can join the church coming to this couple right here and say, we really feel like this is God's church for us. We want to join. This is our home church. They can help you join the church just like that. You can come right up here to this couple. You can come to Michael. You can come to the couples over there. Say the same thing. If you're facing surgery this week or so somebody in your family is having surgery, come up here and let us cover you in prayer. Don't go solo in this walk with Christ. I know some of you are like, well, I'm going to tell you right now, Jeff, this thing with me and God, we, we, you know, me and the man upstairs, we have our own way of talking to each other. And my, 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 my relationship with Christ is nobody's business. Well, listen to me, John Wayne. You, you don't, you little macho, you little macho, I got it. I don't need nobody. I, I, this between me and the man upstairs. Man, get over yourself because, well, listen to me. You're too big for your own britches, and it's not pretty. And so, listen to me. You've you got to stop all this. It's, my, it's, it's between me and God, and I don't need nobody, and la, la. You do, too. The Bible says we're called to be the church, the church. That means I need you and you need me. We need brothers and sisters. We're all got the same daddy. We just got different mamas, okay? Listen to me. Listen to me. You've got to understand that you're God's kid. We are all children of God. We are all bought by the same blood of the Lamb. We're all saved by the same grace of God. The same Calvary cross is the same cross for me and you. We're all connected. We're all brothers and sisters in Christ. We need each other. This Lone Ranger, John Wayne, don't need nobody. I'm fine. You're not fine. You wouldn't be at church if you were fine. You need somebody. Don't go out there as a couple fighting on your own. Don't go out there struggling on your own. Don't go out there facing things on your own. Don't try to be private, secret agent Christian. Nobody knows about me. Whatever. You need the church. Let the church be the church. And man, come up here and say, listen to me. We need prayer. Got a son or a daughter facing this. Got a son or a daughter here. My mom's facing surgery. I want to pray for her. I want you to pray over us. I want to pray over us as a family. Pray over this. I, I want invitation from this day forward to, for the rest of our lives to be 
be absolutely nothing more than a life-giving, life-producing invitation. We have life in worship. We have life in this church. But sometimes an invitation, we just hunker down. We're like, man, I'm not going up there. They're going to think something's wrong in my life. We already think that. Let me set you free. We already think that, okay? Hey, we all live around each other, know each other. We already know we're all like, they, we already know about them. I'm glad they're in church. Lord help, they should have been here weeks ago, okay? We already know all that, okay? So coming up here is not the commercial, oh, my God, did you know they came for invitation? They must be a wreck. Well, I told you they were a wreck. We already know you're a wreck. And don't judge people doing invitations. That's wrong. Okay, so let people come and enjoy being ministered to, okay? And don't hide back there going, we can't come up there. We can't tell people that. It's private. It's between us. As long as it's private and between y'all, you're going to stay a wreck. I'm just telling you. Because the enemy wants to keep a couple and a family on the island. Because when you're on an island, you look at each other and go, what's wrong with us? There's nothing wrong with y'all. There's nothing wrong. You're just like everybody else. You're a man and a woman called to be married together. That's, that's funny, okay? That's hilarious. And sometimes that's not good. And you need to let the church help you have a happy marriage and, a, and, a, and a, a marriage that produces fruit, which trickles down to your kids. Invitation, my friends, is a time for you to partner with other people and let us pray over you, okay? The altar time, I don't care where you go. Just come and lay it down. You're not a pack mule. You're sheep. Sheep don't carry stuff, okay? You better know who you are according to Scripture. God does not say, and, and my pack mules will know my name, and I will know my pack mules. That is not what the Bible says. He says, I will know my sheep, and my sheep will know my name. Sheep don't carry squat, okay? They hardly do anything anyway, but they sure can't carry anything, all right? You're not a pack mule. Lay it at the altar of God and leave it there. And let it always be a marker, a spiritual marker, that that burden you laid right there. Don't carry it anymore, man. How do you sing a song if you carry stuff all the time? Lay the stuff down and then go sing your song. Some of our songs are so depressing, no one wants to hear it anyway. Lay it down at the altar. Let people minister to you. That's why they're here They want to partner with you, agree with you, and pray over you. If you want to join this church and get saved, come up here. Michael's right here. Michael can handle everything you can. But my job as the pastor is to preach the word, and I cannot see if I'm down there. Y'all stand up, and we're all on the same level, okay? I see about the front two rows, three rows. Several times during invitation, about two or three weeks ago, it happened again. We're at the end of invitation. We've had movement. I think it's over based on what I can see, which is not very far. I look at Paxson, and I end it. While I'm ending it, there's been people several times halfway down the aisle. And I cut invitation off. And they're hung right there in the middle. It took a lot to finally get out and come. And now the preacher saw me, didn't want to talk to me, so he just cut it off. How rude of him. I don't like him anyway. All right? That's not what I did. not see him. I never saw him. I promise. Okay? Now, other people saw him, brought it to my attention, and thank you for that. All right? But I never saw him. I can't see if I'm down there. So that's the reason that I'm staying up here because I can see you guys. I can see what God's doing. I can see if God's done. I can see where God's moving and God's speaking. 
Invitation does not need to be cut off until God says it's over. Sometimes I make, I, I make a big mistake and as I watch the clock for invitation. Mm, that's bad on me. You say, oh, that's good, preacher. I'm hungry. Listen to me. <laughs> I'm hungry too, okay? But here's the deal. When God is moving, when God is moving, God says, I am the bread of life. I, I'll temper that appetite for a little bit longer while we do kingdom work in the presence of king. Amen. I can see that from up here. I can't see that down there. Okay. And so we're making a little bit of changes in invitation, adding another couple down front to pray over you. Don't, don't make me add another one just to look at you. Okay. Let them pray with you. Let the church be the church. Amen. <clears throat> I want you to understand something. I got, I'm going to close with this. I got to sit last night over in the zone. A middle school students had their disciple now weekend. Melissa spoke last night, and I got to just come and listen to my wife's testimony, but also to watch our middle school students and some of our high school students. And I want you to know something. They had no idea, none, what I was preaching on. None, okay? But they did this last night. You see, what's beautiful is our high school kids, many of our high school kids led small groups during our middle school ministry. What's beautiful picture is our high school kids leading our middle school kids. Mm, that's good stuff. And then some WT students and other college students led groups as well. So you had college students ministering to middle school. You had high school students ministering to, to middle school. So they gave invitation at the end, and high school and college kids were standing up front. And middle school kids came to them and had hands laid on them and prayed over them. Many of them gave their lives to Christ. They were doing church over in the zone last night. You see, what we saw last night with our student ministry is a beautiful picture of the church doing church and being the church. That's what it's all about. In, in 1 Corinthians 12, we talk about the spiritual gifts. People have different gifts. Jesus put different gifts in the body. Why? To make the body a beautiful picture. Our, our high school students, they bless me, man, watching those high school kids love on them and pray over them and invest in those middle school kids. You know what happens later? Those middle school kids become high school kids. They turn around and go right back in the more middle school kids and, 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 and invest in them and be the church to them. And then they become high college kids, and they come back and lead D-Nows. And then later they go out and do business, and they, they start families, and then their kids come, and their kids go in the children's ministry, and then they go in the middle school ministry, and then their kids get ministered to by high schools, and then it just continues to flop over and over and over, and generation after generation is blessed because the church is able to be the church. It's a beautiful, beautiful picture. And what we want to do as a church body, as the church at Bushland, is we want to do church. We don't just come to church to be uh, to sing and to listen to sermon and, and then be dismissed. We come to worship. We come to preach the word, and we come to pray. We come to pray with people, over people, and see lives changed. We, we have a beautiful church, and it has a tremendous amount of life, and it, it's just beautiful spirit. 
And I want to give you just permission, if need be, to let invitation be more than just a time where people get saved and people join the church. That's a beautiful thing. We continue to want to see that, but we want to see ministry happen. We have altar ministry people who give their lives up here and serve you, the body of Christ. Let them use their gifts. Let them bless you as you bless them, okay? And this church just continues to do that over and over again, okay? It's a beautiful picture when invitation is a life-giving, life-producing time. If you are locked into a tradition and a religion that says that you can't come to the altar, invitations for salvation and baptism, I hope today that you will flush that because that's not what it is. It's church time. So today, I want the church to be the church. I want the church to do church. Okay? When we move to a time of invitation in just a little bit, and from now on, it's going to look a little different. Okay? I will stay up here. Michael will be here. And we will have three couples down here. When we stand for invitation just a little bit, if God's moved you to come, you come. Okay? If you just come and just want to pray, if you come and need prayer, okay? If you want to join the church this morning, come this morning and join the church. It's a sweet church, okay? Listen to me. Everything you want to do can happen at invitation. Remember, it's not my invitation. It's God's invitation. And may he always find you and me obedient. Because on the other side of obedient is always blessing. Always blessing. Let's pray together. Father, we love you. And God, thank you so much for... God, thank you so much for the altar of the Lord. Mm. The altar of the Lord is a beautiful, beautiful thing. Thank you, Father, for invitation. It's an invite from you. It's an invitation from you to respond to what you've said to us today. And God, I pray as we stand as the church that we truly have church during invitation time. God, may there be movement May people move. May people come for prayer. May people come to the altar. May people just come and be obedient to you in whatever way you've asked them, God, whether it's membership, salvation, doesn't matter. But, God, may you be glorified. May you be honored. May you be exalted, God. God, this this time of invitation is for your glory and your glory only. God, be glorified now. And on the other side of obedience, Father, may you bless us. In Christ's name, amen going to ask you to stand, church. And again, the invitation is open. You come as the Lord leads.